0: is
1: You guys, we was talking about how perfect it sounded, like it was a real radio station coming across with you. Saying, <laughs> so, there's a good hint for you. If you don't make it to church, go to Facebook, and we'll have our, uh, it'll be up there. The title to this morning's message is The Printer Cartridge. The Printer Cartridge. Last week, we celebrated, amen? We celebrated as a body, a church body, and we celebrated as individuals. As a body, we stood up to the denomination, and it's liberalism, and we decided to separate from that. As individuals, we stood up for the Bible. And when asked to choose between the vineyard, meaning the world, to choose between the vineyard and God, we chose God. We agreed that His word is 100% true, and we made a commitment to teach, preach, and be followers of His word, and not the world. It was a Good day for the followers of the only way. So today, I decided to do a little teaching, a little preaching, and then a lot of reaching. I seldom preach on parables, but today's scripture led me to a couple verses that I believe are often overlooked. I say that because even I have skimmed past them, not paying attention to them. But the Holy Spirit all week kept bringing me back to these verses. So today, I'd like to share what I was shown. As we read these parables, it's important to note the context of the message. We need to know the time, the place, and the audience, because all of that is important when we're trying to decipher Scripture. That's why I always recommend a good commentary when you're reading your Bible at home. Another hint, reading your Bible at home. We begin with Matthew 22, it reads, and again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Now there's a few things to consider here in these verses. We have to understand that in Jewish society, the parents of the betroth generally drew up the marriage contract. The bride and groom would meet, sometimes for the first time, when that contract was signed. The couple was considered married at that point, but they would separate until the actual time of the ceremony. The bride would remain with her parents, and the groom would leave to prepare their home. Sometimes it took a long time. When the home was all ready, the groom would return for his bride without notice. He'd just show up. The marriage ceremony would then take place and a wedding banquet would follow. Now, obviously, the Jews were very familiar with this process of marriage. So Jesus used this parable to show how God, the king in this parable, sent his son Jesus into the world and how the very people who should have celebrated his coming, the very people who were personally chosen by God, they rejected him. Even though they'd been taught to expect a Messiah, his coming since their birth. We continue. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants treated them shamefully, and killed them. So here we have God inviting the Jews, and they refuse him. As I read this, I couldn't, I couldn't help but think about a recent harvest dinner that we had. I saw the disappointment afterwards over the turnout, after all the sacrifice that everybody put into it, all the planning, all the preparation for our own little feast that went into preparing it. And we didn't get the crowd that we expected. So I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine God's disappointment and anger after all that he'd done for those he invited, including sacrificing his own son. Anyway, the commentary I use says that when there's a great social event that happens in the Jewish culture, people were invited, but without a set time. Right, kind of weird? Hey, you're invited. Mama, Pa, you're invited to our house for dinner. I'll let you know. Right, And the appropriate day when the host was ready to receive the guests, they sent out the messengers to say that all things were ready and it was time to come to the feast. Now, we wouldn't know any of this just by reading the scripture, right? That's why it's important to use a commentary, to have a book that explains this to you, because this all makes sense why the Jews were ready to kill him after he did this parable. Our parable says that the sacrifice had been made and now the servants, the ministers, went out and summoned them to come, but they refused. So the whole process begins with that invitation, then eventually a summons to come in the future. Now, it was a lot easier when I was getting married my day. I looked out the window, there was my father-in-law with a shotgun and a pickup truck, and got out, got in a pickup truck, and we went and got married. But it's a little different in the Jewish culture, apparently. The king in this parable had long ago sent out his invitations. The gospel was brought by Jesus Christ, we know, to the Jews first. But it wasn't until everything was prepared and the final summons was issued and then insultantly refused. God's chosen people turned their back on God's invitation. Some simply went about their own personal business, too busy keeping up with the world. But some revolted. Some murdered the servants that were ministers of God. So here we see two different types of unbelievers, if you will. The first group being indifferent to God's calling. They call them scorners and doubters. Scorners and doubters. Now, this is a group that we're most likely to come in contact with day to day. People in the world. They don't believe the, They don't believe the Bible. They might not believe in Jesus. Those are the people that we kind of come in contact with. For whatever reason... They have scales over their eyes, their hearts are hardened against the truth, and they become indifferent to God's calling. The other group they talk about was hostile to God's word. They became bitter. They're called persecutors. They seized and beat and even killed those ministers sent by God. Now when you think of that, think of John the Baptist. Think of the apostles. All God's messengers sent out to the Jews, and the persecutors persecuted them. Now, that group can still be found, unfortunately, uh, throughout the world. Not so much in the United States. But if you've ever followed any of the African nations that have schools, built up Christian schools, I mean, we, we've unfortunately seen, me and Pastor Lin, you have seen videos where they just do a drive-by shooting, just mowing them Christians down. And, of course, we know China and North Korea also persecute Christians. I think we forget how blessed we really are. In his country. It's a mess. His country's a mess. But we're truly blessed to be here to be able to worship our Father. All right, we continue. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. So the king was angry at those invited guests and he sent the army to destroy them and burn their city. Now again, if you're not reading the commentary, if you're not looking at the history of this, Jesus is predicting what was going to happen in Jerusalem when God sent uh, Emperor Titus's Roman soldiers and they destroyed the city, they killed the people, they burned Jerusalem to the ground. This is him predicting that. And because those who were invited refused to come, the king, God, sent his servants out to invite as many people as they could. In Acts 13.46 we read, And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, meaning the Jews. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we are turning to the Gentiles. We are turning to the Gentiles. So here we see the the gospel in the kingdom of heaven being brought to the Gentiles, opened up to the Gentiles. We continue with our lady scripture. And those servants went out into the roads, gathered all whom they could find, both bad and good. Right? We cast a net. We don't judge. We cast a net and bring them to the Lord. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to the attendants, Bind him, hand and foot, and cast him into the outer, outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So what is that garment? What is that garment that Jesus is talking about here in the parable? Well. The Jews would know because it's in Isaiah 61.10. It reads, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. That's the wedding garment. We clothe ourselves with Christ. So God searched the hearts of the attendees and found one lacking a wedding garment. That man was not clothed with the garments of salvation. He didn't have the robes of righteousness through Christ. God did a heart check and found that guest was lacking in the righteousness of Christ. Spurgeon is quoted as saying, that, that guest came because he was invited. He came because he was invited, but he only came in appearance. The banquet was intended to honor the king's son, but this guest meant nothing of the kind. He was willing to eat the good things set before him, but in his heart there was no love either for the king or his well-beloved son. Sounds like a Methodist. All he wanted to do was come and eat. Amen? Come on, Methodist can eat. <laughs> Maybe this guy, this, this guest, viewed worship as simply a religious activity like we talked about a few weeks ago. But Romans 8, 9b warns us, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. This guest did not belong to Christ. So he was bound and cast into the outer darkness. It means he was going to be separated from Father God for eternity. Now, as crazy as this ministry has been, believe it or not, this message came to me over an issue I had with my printer at home. I couldn't get it to work. They kept telling me the cartridge and the printer won't communicate. I took the cartridge out several times. I tried cleaning it myself, put it back in and out, and it would fail again. No connection, no connection. So I finally replaced that cartridge with a brand new one, and it only printed blank sheets of paper. Well, I do a lot of stuff at home, so... I got angry again. I went online and I bought another printer. When it came, I rushed. <laughs> I rushed to set it up, got it all set up, and found out that that new printer doesn't print double-sided paper. Like, are you kidding me? So I undid it, disconnected everything, <coughs> put it back in the box, looked at that old printer, and said, "I have to make this work somehow." Right? Because printers used to be forty-nine bucks, not anymore. There's three times that now, by the way. Because I'm like, oh, that's 49 bucks, who cares? I care. It's 130. So I, I took that old printer and I'm like, I gotta make this work. So I took out that brand new cartridge again and tended to clean that one. And you should have heard my bride laugh when I told her I'd never removed that small, barely noticeable piece of tape <laughs> on the back of the cartridge. Of course it wouldn't connect to the printer. That tape was the obstacle, right? It prevented the connection. And once that tape was removed, whoo, that thing printed like crazy. (laughs)
2: Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But this is where the message came to me. See, this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Because when I removed that tape and it worked, here we go, I started wondering, what is holding us back from accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior? What's coming between us and Christ? What sin, like mask, maybe mask like tape, is holding us back from accepting Him? How many of us are walking around with a piece of tape or two preventing us from connecting with Jesus Christ? See, the printer didn't work after I tried to clean it myself several times. That tape had to be removed, it had to be gone. And that's the way the Lord works. When we confess our sins to him, he removes them. He removes that tape of sin and then he cleanses us. And once he cleanses us, we can be connected to him. As shown in the parable, God is going to judge us as individuals. If you noticed in that parable, that place was filled. But yet God judges the individual hearts, brothers and sisters. He will judge each and one of us no matter how many people are around us. He sees our hearts. He will judge us accordingly. Now Rick's waiting for this part because I wouldn't. We had a nice discussion on this in the car, and he wanted to know who that wedding guest was, and I wouldn't tell him. And before I surprise you and identify who that was, I'd like to play a video. And I would ask you to stand. Sing if you want to, but open your hearts because afterwards, when I tell you who that guest was, I think you're going to be shot so if you would please stand I hold on
2: from Yeah. <laughs>
1: Amen. Please be seated. I'll give your knees a break for a minute. And I'll shock you and tell you who that guest was, brothers and sisters. That man in the parable without the wedding garment was me. For over 40 years. I came to church every week. Because that's what I was taught. A ritual. A bunch of nice people... Some nice people to hang out with. They all weren't nice people. I wasn't clothed in the righteousness of Christ because I hadn't actually accepted him as my Lord and Savior for 40 years. But I'm wondering if it was was just me or if I share that same story with any of you. How many of us were that guests? And there's a chance that Some of us here today could be that guest. That person in the garment may very well have been some of you just attending, going through the motion, maybe in the past. Perhaps some of us truly viewed that worship as a religious activity. And we never had a change of heart. We didn't allow the Holy Spirit to prick our heart. To bring us to the altar, to bring us to Christ and to literally surrender our selfishness and our own righteousness, replacing it with Christ's righteousness. But then one day we did, didn't we? We confessed our sins. We asked for forgiveness. And now our mission is to try to act more like Christ when we leave here. More like Christ on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and every other day. We don't always succeed, of course. We make mistakes. We fall short. But we're called to become Christ-like in our daily walk. Not in our weekly walk. Not just coming on Sundays and being a Christian. It's a daily walk with our Savior. If we only try on Sundays, the rest of our week ends up being like my printer, printing blank pages in your life. How do you witness to other people if all they see coming out of you is a blank page? But if each and every day we start with prayer, maybe we're in the Bible before we go to work or go wherever, and we get that word in our hearts, we get that word in our minds, and our attitudes start changing through the day, and you come up to that grouchy person, because there's always one no matter where you work. There's always one grouchy person. And you come up, and, and you know what? You're kind to him or her. And you, and you show them a little change. And they see a little bit of Jesus in you. They see some writing on that paper. Your printer cartridge was connected to Christ. You follow me? That's a daily walk. Not falling in with that grouch and doing the same thing he's doing. Not falling in with the gossip and talking about people in the community and other people's families and things that went on. Did you hear about Joe? And let it go. Stop people when they do that. Shame on them and shame on us if we fall into that crap. Trap. I meant trap. We can't witness to others if we leave Jesus here on Sunday. And I believe we all experience connection problems at times. I do. I do. Big deal. I just happen to be a pastor. I get beat up a lot. And I get, a, I get that problem with my connection with Christ, but I go back into prayer. I go back into the Bible. It doesn't always snap right away, but the Lord, was, He's showing me something. Sometimes we let fear or anger muddy up that connection with Christ. Maybe someone said something or did something to us, and we we just can't find it in our hearts to forgive them. That muddies our connection with Christ. It blocks our connection if we're not forgiving people. Or perhaps it's some type of addiction that we end up idolizing. It takes our focus away from Jesus, and our focus is on whatever that addiction is. And yes, it can be gossip. It's not always drugs and alcohol, it could be gossip. It's an addiction. Or maybe we've listened to the enemy long enough and we start to believe that we're not worthy to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. That is a lie. And if we believe that and start leaning into that lie, we muddy our connection with Christ. We are worthy. We're made worthy through the sacrifice on this cross. Amen? Amen. I'm going to play one more video. I'm going to ask you to stand. And if you feel the call, come to the altar this morning. Give Jesus a chance to remove whatever, whatever tape may be in your connection with him today. I'd like you to feel his power as he rips off the tape of fear or anger or jealousy or, or resentment or addiction. He can remove it all if you just come to him. I just did a funeral for a young man who took his own life. I know how devastating that is to his family. We've experienced suicides In ours. Now, I don't know which demon was attacking this young man, but I know it was Satan or his minions whispering in his ear, telling him he's worthless, telling him all kinds of lies. As I've said before, we get pretty good at masking our pain, don't we? We wear fake smiles, even though sometimes we're barely hanging on. Sometimes we're just waiting for that day to end. We're just praying for that day to end. So the suffering ends. So today I beg you, whatever you're going through, please come to the only physician that can take that pain away. The only advocate we have that has the power over the enemy in his attacks. Now yes, the Bible tells us Resist the devil and he will flee. But we're weak, we're flesh, and we're human. Sometimes we just can't find the faith. Sometimes we just don't have the strength to flee. And we start to give up. And sometimes giving up means taking your life. There are times we need to call in the strength of our Lord and Savior. Come to the altar during the video. Come to the altar after the video, however you're moved by the Holy Spirit. But whatever's on your hearts today, whatever's, I knew something special was going to happen today, I'm telling you, whatever's on your hearts, bring it to the cross. And as a gentle reminder, don't worry about anybody sitting next to you. Don't worry about who you're riding home with. That's none of their business what you're up here talking to Jesus about, amen? We're judged as individuals. And God, Jesus said, Whoever denies me, I'll deny them. So don't worry about the people next to you. Fix that connection with Christ this morning. Let see. I
0: was, I was for me. I was wondering, desperately trying, only to see I have nothing missing. Who said, who said, I have to find a
1: See them. Father God, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your message today. We thank you for the music we thank you picked out, Lord. We just pray during this time that hearts were healed, addictions were broken, relationships. Relationships weren't carried We pray that forgiveness was offered where it needed to be given. We pray that forgiveness was asked for where it was needed. We pray that you touch each and every heart this morning. That that you change our hearts, Lord. even when we're hearing those whispers of the world, the whispers of the enemy, the Holy Spirit says, stand fast, son or daughter. Stand fast. God's got this. Let me thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> All right. So you might buy the cards. Start getting them out of here with me. By the way, somebody asked uh, Rick the other day, how oh, the pastor gets so emotional? He's here oh, a little Yes, he is. You see me five years ago.
0: <laughs>
1: I just assumed soon hit you in a subject. would like to. So I feel that is just you. it some <laughs> work of the Holy Spirit. It softens my heart, and I'm not afraid to cry in front of Wayne to shame Alan, Alan's taking cry in the for us many times. <laughs> Any other cards? Ouch. All right, okay. You just raise your hands and we will going to, we're just going to ask that it should be anointed. Father God, please anoint these cards, your written word, Father God. Today of all days, that the right card get the right person, Lord, so they can see the work of the Holy Spirit, so they can see your compassion, your love coming down through the heavens, Lord. Not visible as a, as a person per se, but visible as a power. That, that heartbreak, Father God, where we just know. We don't have to see. We just know, Lord. So we pray, we pray that the red card gets the red people and that the healing and celebration and joy will come back. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. now may the glory of God's goodness be revealed to you. May the grace and peace of Jesus Christ take root in you. And may the inspiration of the Holy Spirit fill you with joy. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen. As we meet again, brothers and sisters, God bless each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay in his word, and stay connected to the well. God bless you all. I'm just going to finish up with um, that's Yes, Lord, Yes. Yes, Lord, Yes, to your will and to your will. Yes, Lord, Yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit Please speaks to me, with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will
2: be Yes, Lord, Yes. Yes, Lord, Yes, to Jesus Christ. Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, Yes. Amen.